Hello community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach podcast, fantasy footy podcast. I don't know what Lex calling it these days. My name is Patch and I'm joined by the wonderful Damo. Hey, how are you? And, and Foz Daddy. G'day, how's it going boys? Good, good. Welcome to the podcast. Damo, we will start with you. How are you, my good sir? How is life out west? It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I'm um, on the arse end of being sick, but uh, hopefully that's behind me now. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Foz, how are you? I'm very well. Just coping with my my terrible team, but that's okay. Hopefully a good week this week. When you say terrible team, do you mean your Supercoach team or Hawthorne? Uh, A bit of both, actually. I was was rooting for us to sneak into the top, uh, top eight, especially with the Crows losing to the Blues, but... Um, sadly, loss of the Brisbane probably not going to help, and then also my team's just falling around, down around me. So, uh, two big losses on the weekend, unfortunately. Ooh, that doesn't help. Although I can hardly talk about AFL teams being bad, considering Essendon were tripe against Gold Coast, and we're not mentioning that at all. Um, as keen-eared listeners of the podcast will notice, one the wonderful tunes of Telebeats are going underneath my voice at the moment. He's amazing. Get around him on Instagram, teller underscore beats. Um, it's literally the best part of the podcast. Um, but keen-eared listeners will also note that Dog is not here this week. Um, there's something about a, a mechanical problem with his car, but by the same token, um, we got a phone call out of Adelaide this morning saying that uh, Baron Von Crow hadn't reported to work. Um, his dialect die t-shirt's missing, and... Uh, I've, I have grave concerns for the Carlton Football Club coach after Adelaide lost over the weekend. I think Baz may have enlisted Staddy Matty as well. And I, I just pray that Lake Dog's born in Satana are helping as a bodyguard, basically. Um, yeah, you, you boys haven't heard anything from, from the great man himself about, about his, his whereabouts? It's been radio silence. I heard a rumour that uh, there were some cut breaks, but there's no confirmed reports just yet. Oh, we are we are praying for you. If you see Lake Dog, please do let us know. Um, if you see Baron Von Crow or Staddy Maddie, they're both out with very vengeful um, dialect die t-shirts. Even though it may appear that no man that could speak German would be evil, I suspect they're evil. Um, so please call police. They're dangerous. Do not approach. But gentlemen... Supercoach finals are upon us in the leagues. Who's excited? Oh, it should be great. I'm very excited for, for the, the finals coming up, especially if um, blokes are in cash leagues, just you know battling it out for prize money and, and a bit of bragging rights. So uh, very keen to get started. I don't think I've qualified for any of my league finals because I've had a shocking fortnight. Look, it hasn't, it hasn't been a great fortnight for you. I think I've come up against you twice in in different leagues and it just what's going wrong with your team just talk talk us through what just give us a a very brief rundown of of what's gone wrong because i feel like there are a lot of people out there who are struggling as well backline is just 
falling down. Just it's completely ruining my team. Midfield great, ruck line great, forward line great minus Jeremy Cameron. Back oh, line Jeremy, is just Jeremy Cameron was great for a half. Yeah, yeah. And then he did the old Stephen Canelio and did nothing after halftime. Well, he went backwards after halftime. Yeah. Um, wasn't wasn't an ideal performance from the big man, especially in such a close game. No, it wasn't. Uh, largely unsighted after halftime. Largely undecided is a, that's a minor overstatement. Um, Foz, have you? How are you going tracking into finals? Have you made many finals? What What are your secrets to to topping a league? You're good at Supercoach. That's why we dragged you back on to help the two of us out. What What are your tips for? how to just have complete domination in your leagues? Uh, I think it's all coming down to luck. Um, I, I made finals in almost all my leagues. There was one league where I finished third in total points and finished 10th. Um, oh, so it's just nice. a case of getting the right matchups each week. But, uh, yeah, slotted into finals for, for most of my leagues and a couple of cash leagues, which is nice. Um, so hopefully you can, can claim a few dollars at the end of the season. Love it. What, what, how do you approach a, you know, a final? Say you finish sort of in that, that fifth to eighth range, you're trying to make a Western Bulldog style run for the flag. Do you, you know, if you've got any trades left, do you usually use them now? Do you try and look at your opposition for this week and try and bring in pods that, that you think might have a, a stellar run home? What, how do you go about approaching do or die finals? Well, it comes down what you're prioritising. If you're looking at your leagues, you definitely want to be uh, analyzing your upcoming opponents and seeing what players they have, what players they don't, you know, if you've got many pods in comparison to what they've got, um, and really use that sort of data to, to find a suitable trade-in option. Uh, if you're going for your rank, then some people might want to sort of hold back on the trades. But, yeah, if you've gone for that league, the league finals, and, um, you know, everything's on the line over the next four weeks rather than the last sort of 18, 19 rounds, you, you want to be gone, you know, hammer and tong it, um, getting the blokes in who are going to separate you from the person you're playing. Yeah, absolutely. And Damo, I know, I know this year's been a very tough year, but you know, the past years you've been absolutely phenomenal. Looking at a, a top four finish, if you're, you're in that spot, do you, do you make sure you try and get that week off and, and have that breathing room and, and use trades, or do you hold and be conservative, or, or what's the go? I... It usually depends on the year, really. Um... Some, sometimes I'll be top four in a in a Supercoach finals and and then I'll get hit by two injuries and have to use trades. But then there'll be other years. But then there's other years where um where I've just been rolling along and I haven't really cared who I'm playing or where I am or what's what's happening around me. And if you so say you're coming up against a a, a site and and for some reason you don't have say, a Nat Fife, you don't have a, a Rowan Marshall, you don't have you know one of the top scorers in each position, do you prioritise trying to get one of them in to negate points lost? If you trade like an underperforming, say, Jack Billings, if you've got luxury trades lying around, do you look at, at upgrading someone like a, a Billings or like a Cameron to, say, a Dunkley or a Marshall if you can get it done? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned injuries there, Damo. Should we just briefly run through um, some of them that happened over the weekend? Some players missing that'll, that might still miss, maybe, if we talk about Shannon Hearn, but there are a few others that um, 
that did pick up niggles over the weekend. Do you want to do you want to talk us through the injury list? Sure. So Luke Ryan's probably going to miss possibly the rest of the season with a hamstring injury. Uh, Dane Dane Rampy's been ruled out for a week, maybe more, with an eye injury. Um, and then you've got other players with injury clouds. Um, so we've got um, uh, Dugowie and Cochin as well. We're, we're both that's on that right. And then there was news after the Collingwood game that where that uh, John Dugowie had done his hamstring. I remember telling people to get him in a few weeks ago. So sorry about that. And uh, Trent Cochin has re-injured his hamstring, and he's probably back in time for finals, but not for the rest of the season. I think fortunately most people, um, yeah, there won't be too many people out there with, with Trent Cotchin, but I think at this stage, I think all of those would be trades. Do you, yes, no, agree, Foz? Yeah, I, you... I, I, I agree, especially if you're going for finals. Yeah, Foz, are there any of those that you'd, you'd look at holding? No, I don't think so. Uh, one to two week injuries at this stage of the season are going to be really, really damaging to your sides, especially if you are playing for the league. Um, even obviously for rank, but uh, as you were saying, most people aren't going to have um, sort of Trent Cochin and Colin O'Reardon's another one, and John Goey might be a relatively popular pick, as is Dane Rampey down in the back line, but um, for the most part, they're not really super coach relevant players anymore. Um, but yeah, if you do have them, I'd look to trade them out. Yeah, well, Luke Ryan obviously being the big one in 16% of sides, which is 33,000 people who have the defender from Freo, as Damo said, he's likely to miss the rest of the year. Um, $437,000. If you've, if say if you've got a hundred K lying around, who do you look to, to trade him to? Foz, have you got anyone in, in the back line that's just standing out as this is the player you need to pick? Um, who's there's, no one who's, pick? there's no one who's really standing out. Um, if you don't have him, Basher Hooley's got a, um, he's found some form back at the MCG. Um, and he's playing the rest of the season there. So it could be a nice little pick-up at 482k. Um, and Nick Newman's found some form, but he didn't have a great game. But he's a little bit more expensive at 514. I probably wouldn't spend it on him. Um, but, you know, there's there's your old classics. Lockie Whitfield's a, a star, and Jake Lloyd's a star. and They're probably a little bit too expensive if you're looking to straight swap. But if you've got some cash in the bank, um, it could be a decent pick. Um, and then there's also Cade Simpson if you're looking to downgrade. About a ripper game in the sleeves. Black Dog would be wrapped. Oh, Black Dog was wrapped and gave me very strict instructions to talk about Cade Simpson for the run home. He's at three hundred and eighty odd thousand dollar dues. Damo, is it madness? Is it utter madness to consider bringing in Cade Simpson after what has, in all honesty, been a, a pretty average year on the Supercoach front? He's finding his form again, and after the weekend, he's actually jumped up to four hundred. And eighteen thousand dollars. So, hey, so if you got Luke Ryan, he'll actually net you some money. Um, he's scored a ninety-three and one hundred and twenty-five in the last two weeks. They've got all four of their final games are in Victoria. Two of them at the MCG, one at Marvel Stadium, one at uh, GMHBA Stadium. Had to get my letters in a row for too that too many letters in that name just mr president there are too many letters please eliminate three p.s i'm not a crackpot i think that um 
if he can get within five points of his projected scores for all those four matches, he's a good buy-in. No, those projected scores for those without super coach gold, 198, 93, and 94. So you'd think, yeah, if he, if he averages 90 on that run home, you're saying that's value? I am. I'm saying that's very good value. Is, um, is, he, is there anyone else you would look at bringing in in that similar price point? James Sicily is only 5k less than him. Um, you sort of look around at, you know, Batchahool, he's not, you know, that 50k more, which is probably out of your price range. You don't have a lot of cash lying about. Brody Smith is pretty close to him, averaging 105 over his past three, playing on a wing. Do any of those jump out to you? I think I would probably go for someone like uh, Tom Stewart or a Daniel Rich. Very popular, very popular players on this podcast this year. Daniel Rich especially so scored 111 on the weekend. And I was also given strict instructions by Lake Dog to mention that and mention how great he is and how wonderful his hair is and how beautiful of a human being Daniel Rich is. Um, and that hitman can now hold the gun away from my back and my spine, and oh, I can stretch now. Um, yeah, I actually, I quite like Brody Smith as an option, and that's partially because I've got him and I feel vindicated for holding him, but averaging 105 over the past few, 91 over the weekend, scored 128, I want to say, against Essendon last week, one of the few, 127, uh, one of the few bright points for them, but in his last four, you know, 91, 127, 98, 97. Is Brody Smith the only good part about Adelaide right now? Yes. Foz, have you got thoughts, feelings, opinions, emotions on Brody Smith? Yeah, he's pretty good. I like Rory Sloan, but um, not the same position, so I'll refrain from talking about him. But yeah, he's uh, performing a little bit better than Rory Laird at the moment, which is... A little bit surprising. Yeah. All right, so complete curveball and possibly a bit ridiculous. If you've got no cash and you need to, you're desperate to upgrade a Jeremy Cameron. Grant Birchall, gentlemen. Grant Birchall. Damo, talk to me. On the bubble, scored 87 in both of his games. Can you trust him? Because they rested him after one game mm, and then they brought the, him back. But the price... Just tell tell those playing along at home what his what his price is. But at two hundred and five k, if you're wanting to go one up one down, and you need someone who can score good enough, I think he's a good option. Foz, what are your thoughts? I'm a very biased supporter, and I, I love Birch, and I love the fact that he's back playing footy in potentially his last season as well. Um, if you're looking to, as uh, Damo said, uh, paint the fence a little bit, he's definitely that uh, around that right sort of price point. He's probably a little bit expensive to, to purely paint the fence, but um, 205k is really cheap for someone of his potential who can, um, as you've seen in the last few weeks, score a couple of 87s and can regularly hit that sort of mark if he's playing. But it c- comes into question whether he's, going to be fit for the rest of the season there's you know another four games left in the year and whether he can get up for all four or if he gets up for three um i think if he's going to be ending up on the bench like as a d7 and you can potentially loophole him then that could be a good option but as a d6 uh, i'd steer clear to be honest 
um, very valid trade-in option for those with Isaac Quainor as well, who um, I think was given a, a declared out a stress fracture in his foot, maybe. I can't keep track of Collingwood's injuries. There are too many of them. There are more players injured than not injured because it's a basket case down there. So virtual an excellent option for Quainor if you're desperate for, for cover down back. Um, but I, I don't hate the idea of, you know, obviously the second trade would be dependent in, in who you're bringing in, but a Luke Ryan to Grant Birchall has a lot of YOLO in it. And as a great man once said, you've got to yo before you can low. Um, why not? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. Very bad thing. Let's bring happen, him in. But, Just bring him in. But yeah, throw, throw caution to the winds. Why not? I mean, your Why team's not? terrible anyway. Let's just go for it. Why not? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the spirit, Foz. That is the spirit. All right, gentlemen. I will, now that we've spoken a bit about Grant Birchall as a very cheap option, there are a few players floating around who are very cheap. If you, you know, need a downgrade, you're, you're desperate for cover. Um, and top of the list, you know, sort of alongside... Grant Birchall is, um, or at least in my book, is Dougal Langlands, the Scottish mid-forward swing. Um, does anyone else want to talk before I keep going in a Scottish accent? No? All right, I'll keep going then. Anyone just charm in? That's uh, all yours though, Patchy. Sorry, I had to mute myself because I was in a coughing fit. Oh. oh dear. Okay, well, I'll just keep going in this really bad Scottish accent. He scored 71 this week, and the week before he had 66. The mid-forward swing plan for the St. Kilda Saints uh, with a, one, a 123,000... <coughs> oh, no, I can't do it. Uh, 123,000 rookie. I think if you're looking to bring anyone in this week at a rookie price, the mid-forward swing and the scoring output for, for Dougal... Uh, Dalton, not Dougal, Dalton, um, is the best option maybe someone else talk please yeah he's pretty handy he's, you know two decent scores that you wouldn't mind on the field as a sort of a rookie price player um i don't know about his job security but it, two games with brett ratton so may well hold i guess brett ratton might think he's a nice little player that he can stick in his best 22 for the rest of the season and give him some match experience but um, yeah, some nice scores will make you money, but whether you're not you're looking at that at this stage of the season, you're probably not. Um, but mid forward swing is uh, probably the most important part. You can sort of play around with your side and get premiums and get cover in both those sort of positions with someone like him. So probably yeah, the best position or the best player in that sort of position there. Damo, what are your thoughts on the on the whole rookie situation? Would you look at him? Would you look at a say a Will Snelling or a, or a McLean? Talk me through some of the other options. If you you're not sold by the Scottish accent, I don't even know if he's Scottish. What what am I doing? <laughs> I I think he's the best option because dual position is like gold at this time of the year. But you've also got to look at players like Francis Watson. Although we don't know if he's gonna go out for Hearn as soon as Hearn comes back. When's Hearn coming back? We don't know. Um, you've also got Will Snelling. Had a, it didn't score all that well in his first game. Scored better in his second uh, with an 83. I still think that, that Dalton Langlands is probably the best option to go with at this stage. 
Ah, agree, laddie. That's an excellent choice. Uh, I'm definitely going to stop doing this now. Um, Hayden McLean's the other option. $102,000 in the forward line. Um, has had two 60s, 65 and a 60, I believe it is, in his first two games. Yeah, you could do worse. Um, but yeah, at this stage, as you said, not a lot of us are looking for downgrades. Josh DeLuca, what, a 30-odd and a, a 59. Um, not ideal. And Riley West played his first game as well to ruin his 2020 price for us all. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to say a name, and I want th a, a three-word reaction or a one-sentence reaction from you. Um, just in terms of just super coach relevance for the rest of the season, Tom Lynch. Made for finals, that kid. That's Is that a made for super coach finals I'm hearing from you? Both. Both. Uh, Foz, Foz, what are your thoughts on on Thomas Lynch, the, um, the big fish? Uh, good loophole option. Is it madness to bring him in this week? Don't trade out Jeremy Cameron for him because you're probably going to get pretty like much the same. But if you can get him in, maybe like to loop with Jeremy Cameron, then do that. Yeah, I. Foz, do you want to talk him, uh, talk us through uh, Lynch's last couple of weeks and, and why he might be a, a value selection? Yeah, I'll take you through that. Um, I think he could be a, a decent value option. He's priced at 435k. Scored 132 against Collingwood, um, 116 the week before that, 103 the week before that. Uh, so he's you know turning up relatively regularly. Coincidentally, that's also the time frame that um, Jack Rewalt's back in the side, so they look to be um, gelling pretty well there. Um, he was fantastic on um, on Friday night at the MCG. Um, if you look at his run home, four games at the MCG to come up. He's got the D's, uh, the Blues, he's got the Eagles, and then Brisbane all all on the hallowed turf of the MCG. So, you know, big scores can be had, especially against you know Melbourne and Carlton. I feel like Stephen May's out. I might be wrong there. I heard rumours that he might miss this week with a calf complaint, but don't hold me on that. Um, but yeah, Carlton, he'd be coming up against you know either Jacob Wiedering or if he's back from his nose or um, you know, Liam Jones, yeah, someone might, like that. Uh, so might have to deal with the greatest fullback of all time in Liam Jones, though. There and Carlton yeah. has Leck. I feel like I'm obliged on behalf of Leck Dog to jump in and say Carlton are the best side in the competition at the moment. Maybe he might not score lots of points against Carlton. Yeah, that's fair enough. His highest score against Carlton is 180, though. So, um, I'd I'd probably back him into at least crack double uh, triple figures. Um, and you're coming up against potentially uh, Shannon Hearnless West Coast. Oh, don't say um, that. We need Shannon Hearn back. I, I know. I really hope he's hope he's back. But you know, worst case scenario, Shannon Hearnless West Coast, and he I mean still be up against uh, Mitch McGovern. Uh, Mitch McGovern. Um, Jeremy McGovern style player, so it, you know still got a half decent you know backman on him, and then Brisbane, uh, you know they're pretty young and he might monster them as well. So it'd be an interesting run home, and if you can slot him in, he's a pretty cheap option who can score big points. Yeah, are either of you considering him? I would if I could bring him in, but I my team fell down around me, and all my trades are gone. I'm of the same boat. 
I would bring him in if I had the traits, but I do not. Um, one thing that really jumps out at me is that he scored one ton before the last three weeks. Um, that was back in round four, and his next highest score before the last you know, little purple patch was an 80. So he's, he's finding form at the right time of the year. Absolutely, absolutely. And to think that, you know, in the, the midst of that dark time, we, you know, his high score was an 80, he was priced at 266000 bucks, And if he jumped on at that point, it would have been madness because he went through a period where he scored, you know, three, two 40s in a row and had a 26 chucked in there as well. If he jumped on at that point, you'd be laughing. You'd be absolutely laughing. Um, but he's now sitting at 435k, which is... Still very cheap, but by the same token, it's more than you'd want to play pay for a risk of that nature. You'd think, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably a little bit more expensive than you'd want to spend. Um, he'd be a sort of player that it's a luxury trade to bring in and and put him on your sort of F six F seven position and potentially loop all in with Jeremy Cameron. You'd you'd bank on one of the two players scoring big. Um, mm. Each, you know, each week and hopefully you get the right one that you can loophole in. Um, but it's it comes down to sort of how your team structures up and um, if you can afford to get him in at, at 430k. Now, yeah, I, I, yeah. in terms of players that are that sort of 200 and 260-odd K that, you know, are on, on the up, um, you know, the crouching one, the great, great crouching one used to say that um, you know, if you chase car, you get exhausted. Um, so what I'm what I'm thinking is, is there someone else that we can just hop into the car just as they're starting to go on the up, following the similar similar trajectory of similar arousal curve as Tom Lynch? Josh Shea Kennedy is at $287,000 dues, scored $129 on the weekend, has Carlton this week, then Adelaide then Richmond, then Hawthorne. Am I mad to consider Josh J. Kennedy? Well, he's only going to be potentially scoring well in one, uh, in three of those games since he gets shut down by one Chipper Frawley at Hawthorne Hawks. Um, but yeah, he's priced pretty nicely up against Carlton this week will be, um, once again, a potentially big score. Um, if he comes up against Liam Jones, and I think we were discussing actually earlier, he's probably not going to score very well since he's coming up against Liam Jones. But um, yeah, another very cheap option, probably a bit more affordable for the majority of people than Tom Lynch, and still with that same sort of output potential. So not a bad option. Only thing is with Josh Kennedy is if he's not kicking goals, he's he's not going to score a good score. That is true, but I've by the same token, I feel like at this end of the year he should be kicking goals. Maybe I don't know. I mean, you look at Josh Kennedy and you think, oh, he scored you know one twenty nine this week and he's super cheap. I you know it's a bargain, but I'm going to play devil's advocate to my own selection and say that um, a few weeks ago he scored seven in a full game of football and he's out Jack Darling, Jack Darling, by scoring seven in a full game of football. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. To think that he kicked seven goals on the weekend and only scored 129 um, speaks volumes to Damo's point. Um, yeah, where he's, if he's not kicking bags of goals, he's probably not going to score that well. In the three games prior to his 
bag of seven this week. He had 45-7 that you mentioned and 37. So, um, yeah, definitely not scoring well when he's not kicking goals. Yeah, agreed. It's a, yeah, a bit of a, not, not a sensible selection by any stretch, but I thought I'd throw that one up there for anyone that was crazy enough to, to even half consider it. Um, there are two other names I just very briefly want to discuss as, as potential options. We've spoken about Toby Green a few weeks in a row on the pod. Do we still think he's a viable option, assuming that Kelly's back this week and Ganigliog's possibly back at some stage as well? Is he going to get pushed back forward and be not relevant, or is he still someone that you'd want to, to look at bringing in? I still, well, think, I think, he's a, I still think he's an option. Yeah, I don't think he moves back into the forward line permanently if Josh Kelly comes back. I think it would take both him and Kinelio to come back into that side for him to, to move forward. So I'd still um, look at him as a viable uh, candidate to fill your forward line. Yeah. And the, yeah, I tend to agree as much as it pains me to, to not shut down the suggestion of, of uh, Toby Green, but we have mentioned it a few weeks in a row on the pod. Mitch Duncan's another one we've mentioned, scored 110 on the weekend. Um, and looks to have been the better option of Merritt and Duncan for those that was tossing up that were tossing up between them and still at five twenty two k. Excellent if you can get him in. Gentlemen, is there anything else you wanted to to talk about? What what else is the burning issue? I think we have to talk about Chris Burgess out outscoring some very popular primos. I'm sorry, what? I, I, as someone who was slightly too invested in that game, I wasn't really looking at super coach points. I was just screaming at, at everyone, umpires, um, goal umpires, players. Get to, to talk me through, Chris, how much did Chris Burgess score? He would have scored, what, 20? Chris Burgess scored 88. So he finished Eight. on the same amount of points as Zach Merritt, Jake Lloyd, and Josh Dunkley for the round. What, wait, what? And he outscored Robbie Gray. Uh, he outscored Luke Shuey. Outscored Ben Cunnington. Outscored Steel Sidebottom. Outscored outscored Zach Williams. Outscored uh, Sean Burgoyne. Outscored Luke Parker. Outscored Matt Crouch. Sweet mother of God. How how does that happen? Who lets that happen in any sane world that... Burgess can score 88. Is there, is there some is there some of, of evasive action or some some repercussion? We can like this is not right. Something needs to change. Well, he's against Collingwood this week, so he'll score like maybe 20. I think if you remember back to the game as well, uh, Patch, that he kicked that um, go-ahead goal with about a minute and a half left. No, I, I don't. Um, recall, I which... don't recall that goal. I don't remember Gold Coast ever being up during that game. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, believe it or not, he did kick that goal, and uh, that definitely helped his score out um, with, obviously, the importance of that goal and, and the time left in the game. It's, it's going to have a massive impact on his score. So he was probably only sitting on 50 to 60 before that goal and then um, has skyrocketed. That's a very valid point. But, I mean, the, the fact still stands that he scored 88 points in a game of football and outscored, as Damo mentioned, all of these ridiculously good super coach options. Um I mean, there's almost like, so you know the concept of the purge, right? Should we have just a, the purge where all of the players that scored equal to or less than Chris Burgess, we can just do whatever we want to without repercussion because that's just not a thing that we can let stand. 
Like it's just, oh, we should just go around and just anything that is done to those players, any any trades, any any you know general. I don't know. I don't want to encourage people to abuse people, but just that's not you know we've got to make a stand and say that that's not allowed. We're not going to accept premiums being outscored by possibly the worst rookie of the year. I feel like Supercoach should offer a uh, unlimited trade button for specifically t- targeted at players who scored less or equal to him, so we can just clear out our side of of all the subpar or sub Chris Burgess scores. And just select other premiums around it. Or, that's or probably just the best option. option where you can trade anyone you want to Chris Burgess and have multiple Chris Burgesses in your side. I'd love that even more. Can you imagine a side where it's just fifty percent Chris Burgess, fifty percent Noah Bolter? Oh, can you imagine? Look at Lick Dog. He's just salivating at the thought of that. I mean, it's oh, oh I think I need to. I think I need to go have a cold shower at the thought of that. Uh, is there anything else we need to cover before I jump in said cold shower? I think we've covered everything. I think we have. I desperately need to go have this shower. So community, make sure you're jumping on. You're giving us a follow. You're giving us a like. You should be able to find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. You should be able to get it on iTunes, on your Android app, on your Spotify, on your your Stitcher on your Bajangler app. It's everywhere. Just subscribe, give us a like. It, it boosts us up the ratings and that way we can give our wonderful, terrible, awful, no good, very bad advice to more and more people. Make sure you're sticking around the website. These two wonderful people write wonderful articles. Foz wraps up the week with the heroes, villains and the damned every week. And Damo, you give us a wonderful, wonderful captain's piece each and every week so I don't have to go out and do my own research. You've done it all for me. Um, plenty of other articles up there on the site. We also do Twitch streams as well. If you head over to Lekdog Games on Twitch, you can watch us. Normally on a Thursday night, we come around, we banter a bit. Lek's been playing some AFL Evolution. He's terrible at it, which is excellent to watch. Um, definitely recommend popping along to that. Gentlemen, Damo, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to be here. Foz, thank you for coming back on the pod. We need to get you on more often, good sir. Uh, it's always a pleasure joining. Uh, whenever you need a third or a fourth, I'm, I'm happy to be here. We love having you. Community, let us know what you're doing this week. Let us know if you've snuck into your finals or um, if, like Foz, you've finished third and your, your points scored and you finished 10th. Let us know your horror stories, your miracle stories with percentage. Let us know your trades. And Godspeed for these finals, community. It's an exciting time to be alive. See you later. Go, Bombers. Go, Bombers.